Okay, we're recording. Uh, I can give the countdown. Three, two, one. No, 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 no. It's three, two, a silent one. Oh. Yeah, you said one out loud. You can't say one out loud. You've been on camera, you know, behind the camera. You know that this is how they do it. See, I give my people when I'm recording, folks, I give them the whole three, two, one, go. And then I tell them to be quiet for ah, three so. Okay, well, just go ahead. Let's, let's All right, just no, start. I'll, I'll just, okay, here we go. Starting from the top. Three, two. Hi, I'm Amanda, and I'm a meeting planner. Hi, I'm Daryl, and I'm also a meeting planner. And this, this is, Miracle is Miracle Workers. Workers. The it's podcast the podcast for meeting planners. meeting planners. Bye, meeting, meeting planners. planners. Okay, so first few a few thoughts. Uh, Amanda, her number one this time around was silent. So she did it right, which is really happy. Same. And I want to give her a number, tell, tell her she's number one, but I think I'm going to hold up the wrong finger. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Also, the idea that we had to read the This is Miracle Workers, the podcast, yada, yada, the tagline yeah. together using Zoom is clearly not going to work and it's going to no. sound awful. But you're listening to this now, so might as well yeah. go ahead. There, there we go. So we're just going to plow on and you're going to have listened to this. But hey, Daryl, it's nice of you to join us today. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. I'm sorry I'm running late. Uh, I was flying back from a client event and thought I'd have plenty of time to get back. But I hit another delay. That is the second time in the last two weeks. Oh, I am so sorry. It seems like there's another like major travel delay every every few days. I mean, first there was like the Christmas super meltdown. I was so thrilled I wasn't traveling. And then that uh, FAA computer shutdown happened literally the day before I was due to fly out to LA. And I was like uh, sitting on pins and needles, hoping everything would work out okay. And I was sitting uh, with uh, a lot of folks in the Columbus, Ohio airport who was coming back from PCMA's oh, conference no. that morning when the delay oh. hit. And yeah, so that was fun, especially because so, there was only there were only two restaurants in that terminal. So that oh. made the five hour delay even more enjoyable. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, we can't even forget just a regional storm, right? If, if oh, uh, yeah. a big snowstorm comes through and, and shuts down you know, an O'Hare or a, a one of the New York area. Boston or yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It can happen. It can happen to us. It can happen to our attendees, our speakers. I mean, really anyone. And right. And so like what happens when it's not just one or two individual flights, but large swaths of the country, it can affect schedules that we we've been working on for months. It can just blow them out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, it can be totally screwed up. So, I mean, I was trying to think about my worst travel delay story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm going to knock on wood, say that I haven't had too many really bad ones, but I will say I have learned my lesson for sure. And um, I try to fly nonstop whenever possible, even if it's going to be to like a different airport than would be maybe the best one, but I'll take that slightly longer car ride or Uber ride or whatever, because I feel like you make a connection. You just, you might as well be rolling the dice as to whether you're getting there or not. I, you know, I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, I've had delays where uh, 
I've missed, I've not, I haven't missed a flight. A flight has been canceled. Yeah. Um, I remember two that stick out to me. Uh, one was a couple summers ago, I was out in, uh, in the Scottsdale Phoenix area and um, went to go back. And I think I had something like a, originally like a, a, a 2, 8, 2 p.m. flight back from Phoenix, back to the East Coast. And uh, got a little ting. The flight was delayed. It's like, okay, it's fine. Get to the airport an hour later than I normally would. And uh, it just turns out that it was on, it was on Southwest and there was, there was a meltdown with one of their computer systems. Mm. And so basically everything was canceled, delayed or severely delayed. Uh, the flight then became four, which became five, which became six, which became seven which became eight. We finally got on the flight for the eight o'clock home. Now that's a five hour flight. So we're talking about getting in about two in the morning, mm. uh, 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 East coast time, Joy. Uh, which yeah, not fun. And uh, we get on the flight only to find out the crew is timed out and we've got to get off the flight. <laughs> and so this is, so the, the, everybody goes to the ticket counter right outside the, the gate, uh, gate counter. And now I know that Southwest has a few of these uh, gates in operation and I know I can go to any of them and they'll be able to help me. So I find one with a much shorter line, wait for a few people, the gate agent, very nice uh, young lady gets me rebooked uh, to, oh, I forgot, where were we going? To Las Vegas. I had an overnight, I had a, uh, overnight at the airport in Las Vegas and then like a 6 a.m. flight back east. Mm. Said, okay, you know, that's what I got to do. Meanwhile, the crew that had been on the eight o'clock flight that we got taken off of, uh, we had been making some joking around a little bit, waiting for everybody to board. And uh, they saw me and they said, why don't you come with us? We're going to Nashville tonight. And then we're going to take the flight in the morning to the DC area, to, to Baltimore. And I said, okay, that sounds great uh, because Nashville is closer to the, closer to the DC area yeah, than Vegas. Yeah, it's Vegas, sure is. Yeah. And I hate the Vegas airport for many different reasons. Yeah, I'm so I said, you. Nashville it is. When we get there, you know, three, four in the morning, sit back, not much to do. Find out that when we get there, our 6 a.m. flight to Baltimore is canceled. Wow. And so we go up uh, out of the main part of the airport to the main ticket counter and wait for that to open at uh, 4.30 in the morning, right. and finally opens. They book us back through uh, DCA from, from a national airport in, in, uh, in DC. And I had to get on the train and, and uh, you know, go and, and meet my wife who had to pick me up from the, from the subway station. Uh, and it was just, you know, basically 24 hours straight of travel oh. and just absolutely delirious and tired. And um, thankfully I had my, my, uh, my toiletry kit with me in my carry-on luggage so I could freshen up at least a little bit right. while we were in Nashville. But it was, uh, that was a day I, I could not wait to end. <laughs> Actually, you know, and then another one I oh, had oh, though. Hold on, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to jump in because I did remember one. See, I think I've had them. I have just blocked them out of my memory because they're so horrible. And this one was personal travel, but it was important personal travel. I was traveling out to LA to not into maybe even into LAX I don't know but I was traveling to California to go for 4th of July with my brother and sister-in-law to Lake Havasu big party lake we're going out on a boat all weekend got the whole thing and it's not just the three of us you know there's a whole crew going 
So of course, I'm the only one coming from out of town. And so I, I'm on my way out there. And of course, again, had a connection. And one of these massive airline shutdown, meltdown situations. So there I am in like Chicago, I think it was. I don't even know what city I was in, but uh, no, it was Dallas. It was definitely Dallas. <laughs> and my brother lives close to like four different airports in California. So I'm shut down. I look at the line and I counted 193 people in line to get flights rebooked. And so I'm on the, I, I know enough, right? I'm not going to wait to stand in line. I'm calling, I'm on the phone, I'm on hold. But again, massive American Airlines mm -hmm. shut down the whole nine yards. And this was on a, I'm going to say this was on a Thursday because we're supposed to be leaving on Friday to go to the lake and, you know, weekend on the lake and then back. I think I was coming back on Monday. So this is Thursday. I get, finally, I'm talking to my brother. We're trying to work things out. I'm like, listen, just like book me a flight because I'm afraid all the flights are going to get taken with all this rebooking. So I'm just going to book the flight and I'll deal with American later to deal with all this. So American rebooks me on a flight. Remember, I'm on Thursday. My flight's going to, or my, my trip is Thursday to Monday. They have rebooked me on a flight on Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> it's not helpful. That's not going to work. My trip is basically going to be done by then. I did find a flight the next morning at like 6 a.m. I spent the night at the airport trying to get sleep with a family next to me whose kid was not, he was having some kind of um, migraine and ended up throwing up all over the floor oh. right next to me. Why did we do I, this episode? This is I, just. As I tried to sleep, which was not really sleep. But here's the thing. Here's the real kick in the pants. And this is where you need to be careful because I didn't get on that Sunday flight that they rebooked me for. So they canceled my Monday return flight. Oh, no. So I go to, you know, I'm whatever, go to check in the night before my flight and I have no flight. <sighs> and that was yet another whole another round with American. And then by the time I finally followed up with them to get everything refunded or credited or this and that, the amount they credited me was absolutely ridiculous. Like it was like, you know, I had spent out of pocket like an additional 600 bucks and they were like, yeah, about $203. So, I said, I, you know, people ask me why I fly Southwest uh, domestically and and uh, not like, you know, an American or Delta. And, and I tell them, I said, look, this happens on all the airlines uh, at some point or other. The difference is at Southwest when I cancel, it's just, yep, here's your, here, it's credit. It's not money back. Right, but still. But here's the credit for the flight that you paid for and you could use it for any, you know, it's not, we're not haggling over change fees and stuff like that. And, and, and so I appreciate that, but yes. All right. I, I we really, have another story. I knew this was going to become like just <laughs> vomiting <laughs> and just, oh, just the worst. By the way, that's the nicest way I could tell that story. It was very, 
well, A, it was long, but B, there's all, like, it was so bad. Oh, I was such I, a- I want to, the story I was going to tell is actually about a speaker who oh. didn't show up. Um, oh. I was in Texas, uh, in outside of San Antonio doing an event, uh, a, a medical conference, and we had a speaker based in DC, and she is supposed to check into the hotel, get to the hotel around 11 a.m. Her talk was at two or three in the afternoon. She doesn't check in. She calls me at 11 a.m. to say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm still here in D.C. I said, well, what do you mean you're still here in D.C.? <laughs> she said, well, you know, I had a child care issue. My, my sitter was supposed to be here and she got sick and now she can't watch the kids and I can't leave. I said, oh, and she is a keynote speaker. The very, this is a policy person. This is somebody the group really wanted to hear from. So we had to come up with something on the fly. And, and this is kind of where I wanted to lead into this discussion. Oh, you, wait, wait. You mean this episode isn't just all about us complaining about our various travel situations? We're actually going to try to take positives out of this? Yeah, no, there, there is some positive. And, and so this, Solutions, recommendations for other folks. All right, okay. I'll play your game, Daryl. <laughs> This is look, this is before this is before COVID. This was this is a oh. number of years before COVID. And we were trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, wait a minute. We've done, we've done, it wasn't Zoom at the time, it was it was go to webinar, but we've done webinars with this person before. I know she knows how to how the technology works. So I went to her and I said, Well, what if we brought you in on a screen uh, via a webinar and you can be on stage on the screen? And present your slides, and your audio. We we bring a we bring the microphone, uh, and we run it, you know, through the through the webinar, and so that you could hear the audience, and they could hear you. And she was completely amenable to it. We had a lunch break about an hour later. I pulled the AV team aside. They said, "This is what we want to do." Guys, like, sure, let's go. I got an extra. Uh, we had an extra uh, uh, LCD monitor, the you know the the forty two inch monitor in the back. Brought it out, brought a stand. We turned it vertical so that her she would look like she does in real life. And she was, quote unquote, on stage in the monitor, presenting her slides, which we had up on the big screen, on the, on the projection screen behind her. And when the came time for the panel, we just put the chairs around the monitor. So it's as if she was a... I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, the thing is here is it does not seem as remarkable a story now. Right. At the time. You at were the time, it was cutting like. Cutting edge. Exactly. And now it's, oh, we've done that before, right? Except if this happens to you and a speaker does have to cancel, are you going to panic or are you going to remember the lessons that we just learned over the last couple of years to say, oh, I've got this. Right. Um, if attendees can't make it, are you live streaming your sessions? Some people say, no, we, we can't afford it. It's, you know, we don't have the, you know, it's too much budget, the AV and everything. And I say to them, I say, really? You don't have anybody with a cell phone, you know, who could, who could uh, open up a Facebook live or open up a YouTube live or a, a, a Twitch or uh, I don't know, Periscope is still a thing, but what, whatever it is, you hold up the phone, you sit in the front row so that you can, that you can hear the speakers and you, you, you know, nobody can see this. We, we're not a video podcast, but I'm holding <laughs> my phone up to the screen. You hold up your phone and it's makeshift, sure. But 
it allows the people who couldn't travel to the event because of the the you know the the bad snowstorm in Chicago, they get to see the keynote speaker. They yeah. don't feel like they missed out. And they're gonna sure they're gonna get on a plane, you know, later in the day when the airport opens and they're gonna get to your conference maybe a day late, but at least they got some of the content and you didn't, you know, ideally you would have live streamed it professionally, but in a pinch, you made something work. And I think that's the lesson I want to share with others in the industry is that we make so much else work. We're so flexible about things. The, um, you know, the, they have the wrong, the, the, they have the, the, the wrong breakfast, you know, sausage out at the, at, 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 on the buffet, but we make it work. We, we put a sign up or, you know, the session room has to be moved because there's a steam pipe that burst inside and uh, it's filling the exhibit hall up with, um, with, with steam. And, and it's like a, like we're schwitzing in there, right? We put up a sign, we make it work. We fix free it. facials, free facials to everybody. Just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, just do it all. Okay. Well, I have two, two. I have two E's for you. Mm-hmm. I have two E's for this situation. First one is redundancy. The second one is contingency. See, I e. see what you did. You see did. what I did there? Yeah. Okay. But I do think that those are the two things that are critical, and that we've learned a lot about these, but. Mm-hmm. I will say, I don't think that we are as good as meeting planners at redundancies. We're very good at contingencies. We think about, okay, if this happens, if that happens. But most of us need to be, because of our clients, our organizations, our et cetera, pretty lean and mean. We don't think a whole lot about redundancies because usually redundancies mean more money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if I want my AV company to have an entire backup in case this AV goes down, well, that costs a whole lot of money, right? But in this particular case, when we're talking about people, when we're talking about travel delays, those redundancies don't have to be so expensive. And I also think you need to consider a broader range of redundancies, right? So what if your speakers don't show up? That's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. But you probably have board members, you have members, you have staff members, all of whom are very smart and intelligent. Maybe some of them can cover the same topic material. Maybe they can't, but they can jump in in a pitch, in a pinch, not a pitch, a pinch, and Fill the time. You know, I, I love that idea of filling the time. Um, and I think, it, yeah, so you may not be an expert in that topic, but maybe you know enough with three other people in the room where you can turn that in from a didactic lecture into a Q&A and ask me anything. Exactly. And, you know, what would that look like? I love, I love that idea. And I think the other thing is when we, again, redundancy, contingency, lining that up in advance is all the more helpful, right? To say to your board chair, hey, if one of our keynotes goes down, you're the guy. So can you have a general topic that relates to our industry and slides, whatever? Can you be prepared for 40 minutes or 20 minutes and we'll do a Q&A or whatever, but make sure that you have at least one person who can step onto that stage and, and help, right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's the first thing. I really think you need redundancies and contingencies for your speakers that are, and they're right there. They're, they're not going to cost you any more. It's not going to be super expensive. Yes, there is the Zoom option, of course, or whatever your platform you choose to use. But And that's a great one. And I see nothing wrong with shooting that speaker from their kitchen, where apparently a lot of people tend to do Zooms from. Who knew? Uh, up onto your general session stage, I think. And I think in today's environment, we have all learned that that is a perfectly acceptable way. But do you also have contingencies and redundancies for staff members? Mm. Play critical roles. So what do you do if your president or head CEO, executive director, pick the title, comes down with COVID on day number minus one for your meeting when you're setting up and now they can't, do the that 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 does. What do you do when your registration folks just kind of thinking through those things? Because the more you've thought about it in advance and you've kind of set those people up, you've notified them, you've maybe, maybe they sat in on the training, right? For registration. They're not a registration person. That's fine. They're a program person. But hey, if we need you, we're going to slot you in here. So right. be, come to the trainings, right. be informed, know what the processes are. So that kind of, I mean, that's what we do. We plan. So you have to plan for these things as well. I, I want to go back real quick to um, travel and something else that I had on my list here of things to discuss that I, I don't think we've given uh, enough attention to. I can't tell you what to do, uh, but the advice I can offer to everybody listening is stop using Expedia, Priceline, mm. Hotels.com, Booking.com, Booking.whatever. Uh, you want to use that in your personal life, that is fine. For your business travel and for your attendees and for your speakers, Use, please go direct to the airlines, go direct yeah. to the hotels. If you do use a third party, please make sure it is a uh, full service travel agency so that you have a number to call and somebody will be there to help you. Yes. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen where you want to, uh, you know, you need to cancel a, an air an airfare or you need to change a flight or right. there's a problem with your hotel and you, people are like, oh, I, I use Expedia. Well, go call Expedia. That's that's on them. Well, go find, right. go now, find that number. Now, I will tell you of, I because I do, I would echo your sentiments except for Expedia because I've used them and their customer service is A+. They okay. do have somebody you can call. They do have live people that you will get on the phone that will call the hotel, the airline, the blah, 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 what a car rental, whatever you're having an issue with. So, so now, we will take them off the list. And I, yes. I apologize however, to the nice folks at Expedia.com. <laughs> however, they are still an intermediary. They are still one step between you and, you know, the between you, the customer and the service provider mm -hmm. who, you know, may respond better to you, but they may respond better to Expedia because Expedia is a big boy on the block. And unless you have travel, you know, unless you have status, 
with the hotel or the airline or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're probably bottom of the barrel. So, and but- I think, no, that's spot on. And, and I, so I, I think it's the intermediary avoidance where oh. possible for business travel. I mean, you know, there are, um, I think there's places where we can save money and create value. And I think there's other places where we save money and create headaches. You are so correct. In fact, wasn't it your boss, Daryl, one boss at some point who said, "Uh uh-uh, no more, fly direct. And that was the, that was the, that was the, the the Phoenix flight through Uh, through Nashville, through, through national. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's exactly it. And I actually, to be fair though, I went to, I decided late to go to convening leaders and there is one Southwest flight from Baltimore to Columbus, Ohio, where the meeting was on a Sunday. There's only one nonstop on a Sunday. And uh, by the time I went to go book the flight, it was already sold out. So I actually had to fly to Chicago to back to Columbus uh, at an extra hour or so in the, in the hour and a half in the sky uh, to get to my destination. But uh, uh, I, I did get there. So I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that where possible, you want to fly direct and, 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 you know, it's a cost of doing business. And what I tell people is who says, oh, well, expense this and expense that. Yeah, I, I get it. But we, ha- we want to try to make it as easy as possible for us, for our attendees, for our speakers to get there. You know, it's, it's also our partners, our exhibitors. We just, any way we can make it a little bit easier on them. And travel delays are going to happen. We just need to well, be flexible. And I want to tag on to your very, very wise statement about, you know, there are good uses of money and then there are savings that just make I, it up. I don't remember saying anything wise, Amanda. You, you, you no. well, I thought it was, I mean, wise for you. Okay. You know, that's like a lower bar. Okay, yes, but, yes. But on the floor. Here is the other, um, and again, you know, wise use of your savings versus not wise, et cetera, et cetera, which is to ask those keynote speakers to come in the day before. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, whether that, yes, is it going to mean you have another night of the suite that you're putting them up in? Yes. Is it a wise investment? Most likely. Th- again, think about, well, what if they don't show up? What is going to happen if mm-hmm. they don't show up? Who am I putting on that stage? What am I doing? Um, Because it's probably worth that extra expense. If they're now, again, I'm saying if, because some of those people are so busy, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not coming in a day early or whatever. But, you know, if you can have them do that, um, it's certainly something I would encourage because the headache, the stress of not having your speaker there is not worth it. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's take a quick break and then we can wrap things up for this episode. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, Daryl, after today's talk, I'm going to think about sending all of my attendees an air tag with their registration email to get to, I hold on. <laughs> Okay. You have no idea. Didn't pre-read that. No, it's all right. What I'm saying. That's okay. Why? Why are we? Uh, oh, to keep track of them. Yes. Got it. Okay. So, so we'll do it again. We're, we're definitely doing that again because that wasn't. That good. one's not going to be included. That's cut that out. Okay. A little silence.
Well, Daryl, after today's talk, I think I'm going to start a new policy that when I book a keynote speaker, I'm going to send them like an air tag so that I know exactly where they are every step of the way and I can keep track of them. Well, you also know if they uh, if they lose them that you're going to, uh, they're not going to be sold to charity or, or, or dumped off somewhere. Look, I'm going to have, I think <laughs> you know, the air tag idea is, is, is catching on. I think I'm going to have one so surgically implanted into my head instead of my suitcase. That way I'll know where I am at all times. I thought that was just so your lovely wife could keep tabs on you and, uh, and retrieve you like a lost dog. Yeah. In room 309B. Exactly. No, but really my real takeaway is to always make sure my speakers come in early to make sure I have those E's in line, both redundancy and contingency. And I want to, I like the idea that, that it's, even though it's my own idea, but I want to go <laughs> forward with it. I'm going to make sure I always have a streaming service ready to go, even if it's YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, just so that in the worst case scenario, I can keep my content available to everybody who's supposed to be there. You know, I don't, I don't know that we actually talked and, and put that other step in there, but speaking to your AV company in advance so that they know, hey, here is our contingency plan. You guys are set up to do this, right? Mm. I mean, if you have a computer, you should be set up to do this. It's not that difficult, but communicating your contingency plans, super important. So I think the bottom line is that we have really very little control, which I know we hate as meeting planners. We like to control everything, but we have very little control over travel and uh, illnesses and uh, daycare providers, you know, all of those things. Uh, so we really need to be ready to adjust more than usual these days, as unfortunately, it seems like these delays are getting more and more frequent. Great. Great. Amanda, I think these are all great ideas. Uh, we want to hear your crazy travel story. So oh, if you have yes. yeah, share it, share it share an idea for a future episode. Our email address is miracleworkerspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we're also on your Twitter machine. It is at MWThePodcast. Don't miss a single new episode. Head over to anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast style audio materials. Click the subscribe button. If you're on Apple, give us those five stars. And remember, if you are stuck in an airport, you can look for the latest episode of yes. Workers, the podcast. Or listen to them all beginning to end. Super fun. That's a hell of a delay, but uh, okay. <laughs> all right. I think that's it for this week, Daryl. Uh, let's do our virtual high five and sign off. Thanks for a great episode, Amanda. I'm going to see you at the next one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.